You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning and welcome to Score Values on 670 The Score. I'm Adam Staczynski. Coming up on this week's show, we learn about a group which works with young girls specifically on Chicago's south and west sides, plus the significance of two black quarterbacks playing each other in the Super Bowl. And we're joined now on Score Values by Jamila Trimiel, founder and CEO of Ladies of Virtue. Jamila, thank you so much for being on today. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, of course. So let's start with the basics here. Ladies of Virtue, what is it? Ladies of Virtue is a mentoring and leadership program specifically for girls across the South Side and West Side and the Chicago Land area, I should say. Uh, we serve girls ages 9 to 18. And one unique aspect about us is that we continue to support and mentor our girls up to 24 years of age. And throughout the time that they're in Ladies of Virtue, we're focusing on building their leadership skills. So preparing them to be strong leaders through character development, career readiness, and civic engagement. And how long has Ladies of Virtue been around? We have been around since October 2011. So this year will be 12 years. I started Ladies of Virtue with just six girls. And over the last 12 years, we have served over 2,000 girls and families. That's awesome. And so one of the reasons that we're specifically talking here at the beginning of February is your annual event or several events uh, really around this call uh, uh, called love day is coming up so first off i guess mm-hmm. what is love day yes love day is truly a celebration of black history month and valentine's day so we wanted to do something to recognize and honor and celebrate those two holidays or two events uh in the month and so we created our own day which is called mm-hmm. love day of course love uh is for L-O-V, Ladies of Virtue. Mm-hmm. And our kickoff celebration is February 11th, where we're going to be packing 400 boxes and distributing those to girls across the city. And it's truly uh, a, an event where we want our girls, specifically black girls, because it is Black History Month, mm-hmm. to let them know that they are seen, heard, and loved. Uh, just to give you a quick research that is that there's research that shows that black girls are viewed as needing less nurturing, less supports, and less comfort than their peers. Hmm. And we know that that perception is not reality. And so that's why we're standing in the gap through our organization by mentoring girls. But also with this event, this allows us to reach girls that would have never known about Ladies of Virtue before. And Yeah. So uh, that's interesting. You, you bring that up. I hadn't ever heard about that research about uh, mm-hmm. why like that's why it seems so counterintuitive to me I mean why would black girls 
need less support. That just seems so mm-hmm. odd that that mm-hmm. and, and you know, I guess that's just my my thinking that thinking it would be odd, but that's really surprising to me. Yeah, and, and it says this because um, due to stereotypes, to be mm. honest with you, sometimes young black girls may present themselves as older th- than they are. They may present themselves as being more mature. They may present themselves as being, uh, you know, just kind of talkative and, you know, uh, can be, uh, they just say some may, be, may perceive them to be angry and so forth. And so what we found is that instead of caring for black girls and really understanding the true support, mental health support, parental support, and so forth that black girls may need, they're being disciplined in the schools and being, you know, shunned. And as a result, they have higher suspension rates in schools, especially even in CPS, even right now. The highest suspension disciplinary rates, even in Chicago public schools, are black girls. And a lot of times people say think that maybe the boys, but honestly, it's not. And so that's where we're shining a light on this statistic to show that, hey, we need to support our black girls, especially um, since this is Black History Month. Interesting. Yeah, that does seem really important. And so uh, back to Love Day specifically here. Uh, what communities are going to be impacted by Love Day? Because I know it, it se- seems like it's primarily on the, the south and the west sides, right? Yes. So our kickoff event is going to be held in South Shore. We're also going to be targeting girls in Inglewood, North Lawndale, in Austin, Bronzeville. Some of these communities are the hardest hit as it relates to being underserved right here in the city of Chicago. And so we want to make sure we're tackling those communities and bringing awareness to Ladies of Virtue to communities that need it most. And so how do, let me, let me rephrase this. If someone is interested in signing up, say, their daughter, how do they do that? And is this some, something that you typically have the participants come directly to you? Do they have to be signed up? How does that work? Yeah. So for Love Day, which is the kickoff event, is February 11th, mm-hmm. where girls across the city, if you can get there, it's the South Shore, um, and that information is all on our website. If you can, um, we want everybody to go to our website at lovchicago.org slash day. And then that way you can register. You don't have to register. Um, let's just say if you don't get around to registering, if you just, you know, just come to the event, that's perfectly fine. However, that at least lets us know how many we plan to have. But the event on February 11th is going to be on 83rd and Crandon at Imani Community Development Corporation. The exact address is 2314 East 83rd Street. But if you're familiar with South Shore, it's 83rd and Crandon. And we just go to our website, register your daughter or anyone that you may be familiar with, um, and bring those girls to the event to pick up their boxes. In each love box, there's painting kits and hair care products, and there's a teddy bear that says, you are beautiful. There's some black history facts. So, you know, this truly is um, a, a gift of love, if you will, <laughs> uh, because we put uh, we talk to girls across the city. We ask them what are their most favorite items that they like to do. And we heard painting. We we heard about fuzzy socks. We heard lip gloss. You know, all of the hair care products. We, these are the items that we heard from our girls, and mm-hmm. that's what we sought out um, for this event. 
How many girls are typically served for during Love Day? So 400 this year. This is the most we've ever served. We started with 300 girls two years ago. Yeah. This year will be 400 girls across the city. We've been getting so many organizations and schools to reach out to say, hey, we want to be one of the organizations that you, <laughs> you, know, that you distribute those boxes to. So next year we're going to go even bigger and better. Uh, but 400 girls this year, we're really proud about that. That's awesome. I'm glad it's, it's continuing to grow. So you talked about the, the boxes themselves, which of course are material things, which I know are obviously great, but I'm curious what the longer term impact on these girls can be, you know, not just girls that are involved specifically in Love Day, but that get involved with Ladies of Virtue itself. Yeah, and that's the one great thing about this event is that so many girls find out about us through, you know, talking to you all through the media and so forth. And that's how they are initially introduced to Ladies of Virtue. So one of my, even my personal mentees who I met on Love Day, we gave her a box. She ended up joining, her name is Micaiah. Mm-hmm. She ended up joining Ladies of Virtue's, our, our actual nine-month mentoring and leadership program. She became my mentee, and she has several mentors within Ladies of Virtue, but now she's in college, and she comes back to mentor and, and works for our organization as an intern and so forth. But that just goes to show you, we even have new schools in Inglewood that we have started to serve because they found out about us because of the Love Day initiative. So it's so interesting that we're having this event, we're giving out the boxes, but the longer term impact is that we have girls that are joining and schools that are joining Ladies of Virtue's family, if you will. But it started through this program. This is Score Values on 670 The Score. We're speaking with Jamila Trimiel. She's founder and CEO of Ladies of Virtue. So, Jamila, you mentioned one specific participant there who is since it sounds like, you know, come back to be involved. I, I also wanted to ask you about, I was pointed out to on your YouTube page to one of the participants in Ways of Virtue and Love Day by the name of Courtney, who spoke about how getting involved with this, like, she basically said that she never considered herself shy, but this program helped her kind of open up and become more confident, I guess is the best way to put mm-hmm. that. And so yeah. And, yeah, that'd be great if you could speak about her a little bit, but also just kind of that seems like the general, or not general, but that seems to be a, just such a great impact that this program can have. Oh, absolutely. You know, we're all about building purpose-driven, confident young leaders. And so Courtney started our program seven years ago, right? And so now she's a senior in high school. And in that video that you are alluding to, she talks about how we provided her with so many opportunities. I remember when she was in sixth grade, she created a PSA. Um, that was, you know, talking about domestic violence and dating as a uh, as one of the issues that she's seen affecting black girls in the city of Chicago. Um, I've seen her. Uh, we had uh, a, we have a partnership with the Obama Foundation. She was one of the young ladies we selected to meet Michelle Obama. So she got a chance to ask her questions and interview her and talk to her about some of the things affecting black women and girls in Chicago. Um, she wants to be a lawyer. And so she participated in our law program in partnership with Loyola, uh, Loyola where she went to see mock uh, trials and so forth. And now she's heading off to college in the fall where she wants to work in entertainment law. So it's very interesting. Um, even in that YouTube video, I make one more point that her mom mm-hmm. in that video mentioned that 
Ladies of Virtue even impacted her because she participated in the mental health workshops and the lessons that she learned from those workshops, she was able to build a stronger relationship with her daughter. Uh, so we're impacting not only the, the girl, but the family as a whole. I'm glad you brought that up. I was going to ask about that as well. So, I mean, yeah, it's such a wide ranging impact you have and that the meeting and, and being able to ask questions to Michelle Obama, that must've been so, so cool. So, are there other uh, what other types of events like that do you, does Ladies of Virtue have? I mean, you know, Michelle Obama is 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 pretty awesome. In and you mentioned creating PSAs, so I'm curious about what other types of of programs and activities that you guys have. Yeah, and just generally speaking, we have a school a year round program uh, called the Saturday Leadership Institute. That's the program that. Courtney is a part of, but we also have a college and beyond program, which is once a month for juniors and seniors throughout the school year. And then in the schools, we have a 15-week and 30-week leadership development program where we're going into the schools during the day after school or during lunch to um, meet girls where they are, which is right there, right in school. Mm -hmm. And then during the summer, we have a STEM useful program, which combines our STEM, uh, the passion for fashion as well as STEM. Uh, so they get a chance to meet women who are in the beauty industry but work in STEM careers, which is really interesting. And we also have uh, career readiness internships and things like that over the summer. So we keep ourselves very busy, <laughs> um, you know, just supporting the needs of our girls. One other program I will highlight is our Live with Love program, because you mentioned other women that, with prominent women that we have connected to our organization. Mm-hmm. And so Val Warner uh, she is the host of Wendy City Live, but she comes back to mentors girls to talk to them about careers in the media. So just uh, some great experiences all the way around. It certainly sounds like it. So as, as we start to wind down here, are you looking, is, is Ladies of Virtue, I should say, looking for mentors to, to help out with the program? Oh, absolutely. So if you go to our website and click on Contact Us, we are definitely uh, seeking mentors, we're seeking volunteers, and even if you want to come and volunteer for a day, uh, we have those type of opportunities as well where you're uh, providing insight about your career to our girls. That's something that we definitely have. So if you go to our website, lovchicago.org, click on that contact us and, and let us know how you would like to be involved. We will definitely invite you to one of our info sessions so that you can get plugged into what we're doing. And I'm sure you guys also accept donations, right, if, if people want to help out that way? Yes. And you can go to our website, and there's a donate button right at the top. <laughs> Can't miss that one. <laughs> so we definitely need donations, especially for the work that we're doing right now for Love Day and some of the other initiatives, the programs that I mentioned before. Your donation definitely goes a long way to serve uh, our girls. Well, Jamila, thank you so much for all the information today. Is there anything else that you wanted to add that I that I haven't brought up? No, no. I just I'll say the website one more time. Our website is lovchicago.org. Please come on our join join our love family in any way that you can. Check out our website and see all the great impact that we're making in the lives of girls across the Chicagoland area. Thank you so much, Jamila. All right, thank you. And that was Jamila Trimiel, founder and CEO of Ladies of Virtue. Up next on Score Values on 670 The Score, 
Ike Reese, who currently covers the Philadelphia Eagles for 94 WIP in Philadelphia, spoke this week on the Bernstein and Holmes show about the significance of Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes, two black quarterbacks, playing each other in the Super Bowl. Ike, you played with Michael Vick. Did you play with any other black quarterbacks during your career? Uh, Jeff Blake. Oh, great. He was, he was our, yeah, he was our backup quarterback on the uh, Super Bowl team. So it, it, and, uh, and DJ Shockley was the backup quarterback in Atlanta when I was there. DJ Shockley. Wow, that's a good pull. I appreciate that. The Georgia Bulldog, great, yeah. <laughs> How significant is it to you to see two black quarterbacks starting against each other in a Super Bowl? Oh, it's very significant. Uh, I, I think um, if for no other reason in this sport, the guys that have played that position uh, fought for so many years, so many decades for acceptance uh, at that position and just to be given that opportunity to play that position um, to prove that they could be worthy of being a leader. Because let's face it, that's what that, that position sort of represents. He's the leader of the team. He's the face of your team. He's like the CEO of the franchise. So, um, And for many, many decades, um, for whatever reasons out there, stereotypical reasons out there, uh, guys either weren't given the opportunity or they, they were on a very short leash as to how long they would be able to develop at the quarterback position. And even worse, some of them uh, certainly weren't embraced with their skill sets as opposed to being asked to do things they weren't necessarily great at. So to see both of these guys, and the great thing about it is they do it two different ways. That That's the great thing about how they play the game. We know Patrick Mahomes has athletic ability, but he's not a mobile quarterback. He's not looking to run. That's not what he looks to do. And he's arguably, no, he's arguably, hell, he's the best quarterback in football throwing the ball from the pocket. The record numbers he's putting up uh, is beautiful. So it's great to see him be able to do it that way. But then it's also great to see how Jalen plays the game while he has the ability to throw the ball and he can beat you with his arm. Uh, being a dual threat and embracing that and seeing it being on a team where you see an offense embrace that and they put a scheme around that that enhances it uh, as opposed to trying to limit you from doing those things. Uh, it's great to see that the Eagles are the best team in football with a quarterback playing that way. And so I, I think, if nothing else, it furthers the game of football. It, it, it advances the game of football. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited uh, to see that. And it just lets you know the game that we all love the game I owe a lot to in my life and what I have now and my kids um, is great. You, you can have something you can be proud about with the game of football, particularly the National Football League. So on the biggest stage where we showcase this game that we love, the best sport in all the sports, in my opinion, it's great to see that we're going to have two representatives, in my opinion, um, that, have, that represents – um, sort of a, a struggle or an advance in the game that we can all be proud of. So uh, I think it's something that we can all be proud of as football fans, as Americans, um, that, that we feel like there is progress being made. And we know it's there, but it's great to see it at the highest level. Those, some of these things you can't talk about anymore as far as stereotypes. You can't win with a quarterback that plays this way or does these things. Um, both of these guys have blown that out the water. And so now we don't have to talk about that anymore. It's just like having black head coaches uh, in the NFL when Lovey Smith and um, Tony Dungy coached 
against each other in the NFL. First time you had two African-American head coaches in there, and Tony Dungeon became the first one to win a Super Bowl. That was a beautiful thing, too. I'm just as proud then, just as I was as a um, – as a um, how old was I? <laughs> as a thirteen or fourteen year old kid, uh, when I saw Doug Williams play in the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl, well, you and, know, I hadn't seen that. Yeah, when I when I was a thirteen or fourteen year old kid and didn't know a whole lot about the whole you know race and 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 this and that. You you're still innocent when you're a teenager, but it was I just remember as a kid just feeling a sense of pride, like man, there's a guy that I, he looks like me and he's throwing the football, which I had never seen before. Because um, you didn't have cable, we didn't have cable back then, and we didn't get many NFC games. I'm from Cincinnati, so most of the quarterbacks I saw were white. So to see Doug Williams playing, that was that was pretty cool as a teenager. So, um, like I said, it's the greatest sport in the world. I owe everything I have to the sport of football. And every once in a while, um, the sport you can kind of you kind of like, oh man, I played in that sport. Things that make you cringe, but this is something I think we can all hold our head high and be proud of. And happy to see that the game is advancing. So, yeah, that's that's just pretty much why I'm with that. Well, said. There, there hasn't been a lot of uh, in, here in Chicago for football fans to be proud of and longtime Bears fans to be proud of, Ike. But uh, have you checked out the Bears and get a look at the tableau of their quarterback, general manager, and newly minted team president and CEO? I had not. I'm assuming they're all African American. Ryan Poles and the newly hired Kevin Warren to go along with Justin Fields. Oh, and that's the, right, Kevin and, Warren from the Big Ten. Yep. That's right. And, 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 yeah, to, and yeah. to think that that is that is the team that George Hallis owned and ran. That is a team that for yeah. a long time had rules about how players had to look to be right. employed by that team. And you talk about you know points of pride. There's another one for you. Man, see, I didn't even know that. You just you just taught me something. So, uh, and not about who's in charge in those positions, but the whole George Hallis thing. I, you know, some things I just know about Papa Bear Hallis, right? You just from mm-hmm. afar. That's so. Yeah, I, I didn't know about that, but you're right, though, man. And I'm pretty sure as a Bear fan and Bears fans out there, yeah, that's that's something to be proud of. Seriously. And by the way, <laughs> just off topic, uh, keep Justin Fields. <laughs> He's a pretty damn good quarterback. Keep Justin Fields. And that was Ike Reese of 94 WIP in Philadelphia speaking with Dan Bernstein and Lawrence Holmes on the Bernstein and Holmes show this past week. Another segment that Dan and Lawrence had during their show this last week was about Bobby Hull, who died last Monday, and the reaction to his death and his complicated legacy. I think we know each other well enough that I can, I, I'm just going to be totally straight up with you about sort of what what I was going through and where my feelings were. And I was really, really disappointed because uh, I, I know that we know better. I, I know that, that, uh, that you, the, the longtime score listener, for the most part, this was reflected in the text response, the response on Twitter, that understanding the whole picture of that. And for me, for me, what made it worse was – it it almost felt like some of that cheapened what we've just went through just last week with Lynn Bramer, you know, who who was one of the great human beings to ever walk the face of the earth and a really dear friend, and it it bothered me that we that we kind of snapped into action and like oh let's do the celebrity death thing without really thinking about it and really think about what what are we doing, and it 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 bothered me on that level deeply. And 
I think there was uh, I did some passive aggressive things uh, into some commercial reads that were noticed by some. And if you heard me off the air, it was not pretty. And our suits aren't here. So I don't know what, what's automatic. I don't know if we've got a million obituaries in the can, like a lot. I, of- I, w- I would imagine that we do, considering you know how we jokingly play around with breaking news that happens. That, sure, I, that, we that, do that a Mitch lot of that. And Russ, they they sit and they they have contingencies upon contingencies for all sorts of stuff. But I I, I think that you hit on it where it felt like oh this is the boilerplate thing to do. When someone dies, famous athlete dies without considering everything else and considering all of the context. Now, and I think it ran twice, and there was some communication, and then it then it didn't run anymore because there there was and and I want to I'm going to thank you, the score listener, if you texted, tweeted, twitched, saying asking correctly, "Hey, score, what are you doing?" That was the right instinct. That was that was correct, and passing that along mattered, and I think that exchange was real and important. And I was it, it made me feel good to know how many of you out there that you out there also knew and understood and felt strongly enough. I, I thought that that was important, and and the fact is the right thing ended up getting done. I think that what we did as a station is what people kind of do collectively which is some of the the problem with it where there's a paint by numbers way to talk about someone when they die that's where i brought up the concept of you know don't speak ill of the dead and people feel strongly about that because and i i wonder what role media capital m has in that because of how, like I was saying to you, people our age and older came up with how the news, capital N, reacts to someone's death. This is what an obituary looks like. This is how we do an obituary on local television. This is how we do it nationally. Yeah, the standard form of of remembering the good. I and there were there were some really smart people talking this through yesterday, and and I think the idea where whatever the roots are of don't speak ill of the dead, whether it's superstition, whether it's religion, it's bad policy. Yeah, and, and the reason is the reason why don't speak ill of the dead is bad policy is because it reinforces, it covers for bad actors. It normalizes bad behavior. It covers for bad actors. It says, well, this person did a lot of awful things, but when they die, isn't the time to talk about it. Well, that's the first time a lot of people have heard of this person. It's the first time a lot of people are learning history. And when we talk about teaching history, it is imperative that we teach the discomfort with the comfort, and if not highlighting the discomfort, to learn from it, to grow from it, and to be better. The most important aspects of teaching history involve some of the most painful things that are sometimes hard to discuss. But that's what matters the most mm-hmm. about history. Whether it's individual history or the history of a nation, 
when Richard Nixon died in 1994, that's when I first remember, when I was old enough to understand and wonder, what the hell are we doing here? That was the first time when I saw all of the retroactive hagiography of Richard Nixon. Well, he repaired relationships with China. Well, look, 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 what, look what he did ultimately when he was much more of a statesman in his older age, when he went to China. Man, one of, the, one of our most evil, corrupt politicians in the history of this country. And, and, if you, and if you follow the threads about the people who surrounded him and how they still, still have a role in the worst aspects of U.S. government and politics today, a lot of that has to do with a failure and a lack of guts to teach history because people don't speak, quote-unquote, ill of the dead. It's not speaking ill. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. And people can change. People improve. People learn. People evolve. People do dumb stuff. People do stuff they regret. I've, d- I've done and said dumb stuff that I regret. But I've tried to use that as a starting point to be better and to learn and to be aware and to understand. And I think that matters and that's part of the story and that's part of the truth. Bobby Hull never did. Well, the the repenting aspect of it is also something, and and you're stuck in between remembrance and celebration, and those are two different things. Like you can remember Bobby Hull without, and you could even celebrate his hockey accomplishments without celebrating the man because of all of the horrible things that the man did, and beyond the things that he did and he said. There was never, ever a moment where Hull had a self-realization about the things that he had done and said. That's it for this week's edition of Score Values on 670 The Score. If there's a topic you'd like to hear about on a future edition of our show, or if you'd like to share information about an upcoming charitable event, Send us an email at scorevalue670 at gmail.com. That's scorevalue670 at gmail.com. I'm Adam Staczynski. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of Score Values on 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 